welcome to Fake Movie Experts, the movie podcast that breaks down a movie franchise one movie at a time. We are currently doing the Mission Impossible movies or Mission, you know, I don't know how they... No, I refuse to believe that that's where that... Ampersand? Is that what that is? An ampersand? Semicolon. Semicolon. Yeah, yeah. I refuse to believe that's where it should be. Yeah, me too. So we're doing the Mission Impossible movies as we're doing Mission Mission series. It's the Mission series. Nope. Nope, Mission Impossible, and we're doing Mission Impossible 3. I'm your host, Joseph Lesselmont, long here with Ricky Marcelli. Or as I've namely apted it, aptly named it? Jesus Christ, my brain's broken. Uh, Mission Impossible 3, run, Ethan, run. Yo, that, that Tom Cruise run, we're, start, we're seeing it. We're seeing it now. So it's it's a the fa- beginning. It's There's the a beginning whole YouTube it. video on like the Tom Cruise run. It's like a very specific like no like humans don't run like that. He's so like his upper body is so up and down. It's so weird. It's awesome. It's like, dude, lean forward a little bit, you psychopath. <laughs> and uh, let's not forget Tom Cruise's love interest from the second one, who's not in this movie, Juan Keith Swetland. Yeah, that was... I mean, you could have made him the terrible love interest from this movie, is Carrie Russell. That's not the love interest. <laughs> So like when I nut my eye does that thing, like the like the C4 is going off in my brain. Okay. Well, Mission Impossible 3 came out <laughs> May 5th. <Come on. laughs> that was funny. Oh, I mixed them up. They do look similar. Michelle Monaghan. They were both born on the same day. That's the that's what you got it from, Rick. Uh well, but, no, but Mission... their pictures look so similar too. Yeah, uh, Mission Impossible Three came out May fifth, two thousand six. A runtime of two hours and six minutes, PG thirteen. Directed, uh, directorial debut for one J.J. Abrams. Debut. Um, yep. Um, okay. he he did Lost after oh. Star Star Trek. So his movie debut. Oh no, he did Lost after this. I want to say yes. I was in college when Lost was happening. I mean, this came out in 06, so... so it might be his movie debut. Uh, yeah. Lost came out in 04, so yeah. Um, okay, so... Okay, yeah, I was very yeah. confused at first that they just handed... He also, like, he also did Alias, like, help Alias and stuff. Uh, he directed 2009 Star Trek, 2013 Star Trek Into the Darkness, 2015 Keith's favorite Star Wars Episode Seven: Force Awakens, and... No, I'm more two- of a nine guy. And, <laughs> oh, God. And Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> movie again stars Tom Cruise, Ving Rames, uh, Thomas. Bringing Ving Rames, Thomas. Tom, no, Thomas Cruise. Oh, Thomas Cruise. Okay, <laughs> but I call him Tom. We're on a <laughs> yeah. you know, Tom relations. Uh, in this Wait, movie, do, by the way, what's Tom Cruise's real name? Tommy. That... I mean, because like, his name is not Tom Cruise. <laughs> Um, his his real name is Thomas. Well, born born Thomas Cruz Mopother. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And then yeah, so yeah. But I mean, like his Mop-Pother. name is legitimately Thomas Cruz, and then I'm, 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 that's, you know I'm I'm stoked he actually has Tom Cruise in there. Like it lives inside of his actual name, so that yeah, that's right, Wikipedia, good. Wikipedia, give me the phonetic on that fucking last name, Jesus Mopother the fourth. Oh, it doesn't uh, give me the phonetic for Tom Cruise. That's weird. They put phonetic pr- for everything. 
Well, joining them this time is uh, Michelle Monahan, Philip C. Seymour Hoffman, Billy Crudep, Jonathan Rays, Myers, Maggie Q, and uh, Simon Pegg, Lawrence Fishburne, and uh, Carrie Russell, Eddie Marson. He was in the uh, uh, Shaun of the Dead franchise. He's one of one of good friends with Mr. Pegg. I really need someone to explain to me how they keep getting like world-renowned thespians to be in the Mission Impossible movies. <laughs> like every single one has had like a like top tier like dude is well known for being a fucking S rank actor. <laughs> like fucking Philip Seymour Hoffman just in this movie, just fucking yeah. owning everything he does. Well, and he he at this point he's established himself as like quite the the act the actor's actor at <laughs> this like I'm not sure I'm curious what like what are Philip Seymour Hoffman's big his his big ones um I'm I'm looking for you right now uh it's like Magnolia top? is insane Magnolia almost uh Capote yeah he was in Capote is insane the <laughs> de- before the devil knows you're dead almost famous the master um, he was in Hunger Games. A long time. Oh, the Master's Polly. pretty crazy. Uh, Moneyball. Um, Moneyball rocks. It, yep. <laughs> um, what is what he else? in the Hunger Games? Red Dragon. Oh God, Red Dragon. When he gets taped, he gets naked and glued to a wheelchair and rolled down a hill on fire. Oof. Jesus. <laughs> Boogie Nights. <laughs> Twister. Yep. He's he's a little he's pretty good. They always he always gets cast as someone a little bit unhinged, which is perfect. That's a good because well, he's he super get, good at it. Yeah. But yeah, that's um oh, he was in the big Lebowski. Yep, mm-hmm. he was the he was the, the real Lebowski's like secretary guy. Jesus Christ, almost famous talented Mr. Ripley. Mm-hmm. He was in Punch Drunk Love. What is this? Oh yeah, because the Punch Drunk Love is the same. I think that's the Magnolia guy. So he's probably he's part of the Magnolia, the Magnolia crew. Whatever that's that said, like so many of his last movies were fucking Hunger Games. I know that's unfortunate. It's like I'm the, I'm like a literal children's book <laughs> adapted into a yeah. movie. Hey, 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 young adult. Okay. <laughs> Oh so, god, those trailers. I know that it'll no, it'll still not be out yet when this comes out, but man, I do not give two shits about a new Hunger Games. Oh, about the prequel. oh yeah, no, I'm good. That'd I'm gonna watch it me, because I'm a, I'm a pig. <laughs> That's that makes the only one. I'm I'm out. Yeah, I think I watched the first one and we watched part of the second one. I'm like, I'm I'm done. They're so like I, divergent from the books, not to be confused with the other young adult series divergent. And like I, I don't know, they're just. I liked the first two books. The third book is a fucking piece of trash. <laughs> my brain, uh, for the Hunger Games, my brain. We, I think I saw the first one. I it's those things that I've seen the first three. However, when I went to the theater to see the third one, my brain erased two. So like the whole time watching the se- third movie, I'm like, did I watch the second one? I'm like, no, I didn't. It's like the whole time watching, I'm like. I've never seen it. While the producers like, no, you've seen two. I'm like, nope, not nope. This is your that's your kryptonite, man. Usually you have like that photo. 
You have the the Robert Langdon disease. I do. (laughs) (laughs) And yet somehow Hunger Games still has a better love story than the one I care about in this film. Yeah, I'm not I'm not here for the romance. The 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 wedding scene was cute. Eh. What did you guys think of Mission Impossible three overall? Then we'll get into uh... overall. I thought the spycraft and the action, except the night stuff. J.J. Abrams has no fucking idea how to shoot action at night. It always looks fucking garbage whenever he does night action. It just is like fucking he goes too hard with the fucking shaky cam. And it's just like, I can't fucking see anything or tell what's happening. And I just get a headache. But all the spycraft stuff in this movie was fucking like great. Best spycraft stuff in any of the ones we've seen so far. The fucking Vatican stuff was fucking top notch. Humpty Dumpty, baby. Um, But then, like, you had the fucking shitty storyline with the wife that I did not care about. That was such a, like, huge part of the end. I thought the ending fucking sucked. I hated the end of this film. So it was a weird mixed bag. We're like, there's parts of it that, to me, are the best we've seen so far through these three films. And yet there's parts of it where I'm like, this is fucking just dog water. And we see, like, even in his first apparently fucking major motion picture, like some of the worst aspects of J.J. Abrams directing. So it's a weird mix of what turns into still being an okay movie in my view, but it could have been so much better. Heath? I'm trying to think when I saw it, I probably saw it in theaters. This was around time when I was like went to the movies a lot. And I, I had this movie kind of like your uh, Hunger Games two or whatever. This movie like lost like emptied out of my brain, like water pouring out of my ears. And it was, yeah, you know, it was like, so I had no memory of it. I remembered Philip Seymour Hoffman being cool. That's all I remembered. But no, my generally, yeah, generally I liked it. I'm starting to like one of my like problems with J.J. Abrams is that he. His movies are usually like slightly above okay, and they never like veer from that. So it makes it makes them kind of boring. So like, that was my, uh, I I went I went between bored and oh that's cool, like, kind of like flopped around. Like the, I didn't have strong feelings about the relationship story. I didn't it didn't move the needle on me either way. But but the, the thing that offended me about this movie was, it's. Just it felt like satisfied with B minus for like the whole time. That's kind of the, the JJ Abrams thing. And so like the movie felt sort of like once again, I, I mostly liked it, but it just kind of felt sort of flat. Like it never like I never it never felt like I was on top of a mountain or like I never felt too excited watching it. For the first time watching this movie, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. Um I didn't care. I didn't mind the the relationship thing with him and uh, Michelle, but I enjoyed the movie from the get go. These are those one. This movie has those tropes of you know you're gonna start at the end, you know, start most at the end, and then how we get there. I always don't like those. Like I hate them. <laughs> and but for some reason, when the, when I started watching the movie and like they start from the end of like. You know, we're going to kill her. We're going to do this. And then it's like, and start. I was like, I'm in. Let's go. Let's see what happens. But I think it was sick. 
I thoroughly enjoyed this movie from honestly from beginning to almost all the way to the end. Yeah, the final final boss fight scene to me felt unrealistic in the pattern of Tom Cruise's character not being able to overpower him, but they did the whole, you know, we have the bomb in your head. Dude, he was fucking just like hearing loud noises in his head, but then he hulked up and it didn't matter and he killed Seymour film he killed Hoffman anyways. I, I was, was looking I was death. looking I was looking <laughs> into it. Yeah, that was cool. Death, but like the whole fight sequence, it was just um I was like trying to see if I can look into it, like because he said like you have four minutes and I was like trying to see if they did like you know the realism of like the whole that whole fight oh. sequence was four minutes, but like it was longer than I couldn't find anything, but I assume it was just longer than that four minutes. But overall, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie for my first time watching. Nice. And then, you know, he just explains how to use a gun in like two seconds to his wife. And then she's just able to kill two people, including a highly trained uh, IMF agent with no problem. If you've had sex with Ethan Hunt, I feel like it just goes into you. Yep. Literally, literally and physically. (laughs) Dude, I appreciated with this film, though, how it was shown that Ethan isn't just like a soldier for hire type person that like he's highly like because you don't like and it's it's not known part it's like but when you're those type of agents usually like you're highly intelligent and like watching him like figure out how to do like the fulcrum thing to end up on the building and like that doing like <laughs> high intense math on the board i'm like oh yeah. shit he's so goddamn smart damn look at ethan go <laughs> now that there's a lot of stuff that i was cool so let's get into it rick give us the plot Boys, girls, non-binary, and everyone in between, please gather around for the reading of the plot to Mission Impossible 3. A lot has changed for one Ethan Hunt. No longer going on field missions, Ethan has settled into a training role and even found the love of his life, who he is about to marry. That is until his best student gets captured by an unidentified or unfindable arms dealer, Owen Davian, and Ethan goes out to get her back. But when Ethan's student gets killed, on the rescue mission, he finds a devious plot by Owen to buy a super or sell a super weapon that could end the world. Will Ethan be able to stop Devian? Can he save his wife? Why do people in charge of Ethan keep betraying him? Find out all this and more in Mission Impossible 3. I can't fucking talk tonight. Um, right up, right up. I don't know. I I one of the small things I thought was it was I it was I thought it was like I brought a chuckle to my face was the party scene of him reading their lips. I'm like that's oh, you know that's that. kind of cool. <laughs> like you know if you're a spy, you gotta learn that. And like he's just reading their lips, and she's telling the story how they met, and she's like, I forgot where to go, and like he yells it from across the room, and like how how did he? hear us from all that i appreciated the acting of that moment though where like her friends were like fucking super creeped out by the whole thing like that's fucking (laughs) weird what fucking weird faces (laughs) and i and i like the fact that that is brought back later on when you know hey we you know we have her kidnapped hey where where did we meet and like says it says the wrong place and like okay that was kind of cool to you know (laughs) titty but oh that's 
Yeah, the it, those little examples where like Ethan Hunt's a pretty cool hero. Or the whatever the last couple movies have had maybe not so much in two, where they sneak in little scenes where they just show how talented he is. I always yeah. appreciate action movies when they do that. Well, in this one, like, like we finally got gadgets that were super cool in this one too. Mm-hmm. Like getting to watch a mask get made was fucking dope. I loved yeah. watching the mask get made. That was that was my big issue in the last one. How can you make so you know where do you get all these masks? Yeah, from? they make the masks. Yeah. Hey, it was cool watching Philip Seymour Hoffman pretend to be Tom Cruise and then Tom Cruise pretend to be Philip Seymour Hoffman. Like yeah. a big face off right there. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that fucking scene where they were dropping the fucking briefcase down into the sewers, and he's just like, Philip Seymour Hoffman just goes, what's up? Yeah. <laughs> like, that was like a cool, like, that was a cool scene of like, hey, hey, uh, you know, Ethan, your voice thing is not going to work for like 45 seconds. It's like, hey, the security's coming in. Oh, you know, yeah. Hold so them off, hold them off. Fucking choke on a dick the whole time. Hold on. Got a cough. They really, they, like, they really needed that plan to go together, assuming that he'd go to the bathroom when they spilled wine on him. Yeah. Didn't that all hinge on that? Yeah, <laughs> it of, did. Yeah. His wife is like, well, fuck this. I'm just going home. And <laughs> like, Keith's, is... Keith's alternate universe, he goes home instead. Yeah, like, well, <laughs> never mind. I'm gonna, not going to do this whole arms thing. New plan, guys. What are we doing? Yeah. Oh, by the way, what I was trying to like, what the hell was the, what was the, what was the MacGuffin? What was the, what the weapon called? Oh my god, what the fuck uh, the was monkey's it called? paw? Not monkey's paw. Yeah. No, it wasn't monkey's paw. It was rabbit's foot. Rabbit's, rabbit's foot. foot. But yeah. what like what was it? I they never just... they never tell you. They even fucking fucking cuck us at the end of the movie when he's like, What oh, was that's right. rabbit's yeah, yep, yep, foot? Yep. And Lord's Fishburne's like Fishburn is like, I'll only tell you if you stay. I oh that's a as as like uh me being like a proud union man, I'm pretty psyched that Ethan Hunt was like, "Hey, I'm going on vacation. Don't like, don't, don't make me work off the clock." <laughs> I thought that was pretty sick. Those little moments. I'm pretty sure Ethan Hunt's not union, but okay. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I'm pretty sure IMF's not allowed to be union. Yeah. <laughs> Impossible mission force, by the way. Dude, I loved how they fucking made. Well, I mean, remember this is from a 1960s. That's fucking true. Show. That's, yep, yep, yep. So like I love that they kind of poked fun at that at the end of the movie. You're just like you're that, fucking uh, that's fucking lame. I'm like what the fuck? It, it brings me to one of my favorite jokes from and we you know we talk about the MTV Movie Awards and it's the Will Ferrell Matrix Reloaded one of you know he created uh created the name of for Frogger and you know can yeah. you believe they want to call it Highway Crossing Frog? Like, yeah. <laughs> Impossible um, Mission Force. Mission Yeah. Wait, is yeah, that your real know. name? Yeah, the whole <laughs> storyline with like him and his wife just like it fucking sucked to me. It just felt so like you could have done something different for that aspect of he of Ethan Hunt and everything. Well, they they try to bring back um, the actress uh, Thandie Newton from the sequel from the second one, but she said no, and and so then they went with a whole different route on what to do. Um, it just it felt weird for him to like settle down. Like it just doesn't seem like Ethan Hunt would have been the settling down type, or like yeah. capable of like being a trainer at all. Like that just didn't fit to me for like this character we've been shown. Well, and a sneak preview of one of the Roger Ebert things, he talked about that a little bit, and that Ethan Hunt's kind of an asshole for settling down like that when he like 
knows that he's going to be drawn to these absurd like IMF missions where he has to go like arm. Well, except remember he and... wasn't. He's he was supposed to be out of that life. Like he wasn't a field operative operator anymore. He was a trainer. Yeah, he's like, he, I don't he, know. He, he, yeah, he just didn't seem like the type who would be a trainer. Yeah, we've yeah. seen Top Gun. He was he was reluctant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ethan, Ethan Hunt just seemed like the hands-on, like gotta do it myself type, as was um, kind of shown in the film when he goes to try and get his student back. One of the coolest death scenes ever, by the way, when she dies. Oh, so then flying the helicopter. Dude, her <laughs> eyes just fucking break. That was one of like for being not gory, one of the goriest things I've ever seen. It's one. Yeah, that's, why and, that's, that's why I'm a little sad you guys didn't like my joke at the intro there. Uh, it, it, to me, it's like the <laughs> what, can't just barrel through it, Joe. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to. Heath, I'll be rant, honest. I'm so checked out for your opening jokes now. I might not have heard it. I I don't remember it. So it's gold. Go. Yeah, they're gold, Jerry. I'm sure gold. it was hysterical. All right, Banyan. Um, I like the this one thing about the I like about this franchise is that anybody can die. You know, besides Tom Cruise. Well, but, say, well, well, besides Tom and, Cruise and Vin Rhames and, and now Rames. Simon Pegg. Yeah, but <laughs> it's just like it's just like that way of like you know, in the first one we had Emilio Estevez, and I'm like, oh, that's cool, and he's dead within the first you know 20 <laughs> minutes of the movie. God. I'm like, damn it! As and you bring Car- up Estevez, I just imagine him getting fucking skewered in that fucking death trap of an elevator. That's like a <laughs> saw elevator. Yep, and then you have <laughs> Carrie Russell who's in it for. 15 minutes uh you know 10 minutes maybe and then it's just like oh she's dead and like when i saw her from um felicity the tv show huge huge i mean felicity was pretty fucking huge yeah it was yeah you can mock because it was more towards the female side of things but it was a pretty fucking big show (laughs) was i right with felicity yeah i was and then uh um, as per, uh, one of the things, as production could do nothing about the giant crowds watching them while filming in Rome, they actually set up a phony second unit a little further away. I'll hired several girls that be in bikinis and several older women dressed as nuns to pretend to be filming uh, takes for a film while the main unit was down down the street with with a. Uh, a uh, filming as normal with largely being largely un- undisturbed. I'll bet that didn't happen. That seems like a DVD extra thing they made up. I don't know. I get the vibes. That's a fake story. Are they like okay. over- a cool story? Are they oversold? Kind of what they did. Yeah. Or they they did it. Or they they like riffed and joked about it for like twenty minutes behind the when they were meeting before shooting. <laughs> Um, uh, another thing, uh, Tom Cruise allegedly threatened cancel publicity for the film if Comedy Central did uh, rebroadcasted the Trapped in the Closet South Park episode, the Scientology episode. Um, oh, right. So, uh, he, uh, they, he had told them not to because Paramount owns, Com- uh, Viacom yeah. is, Comedy Central is owned by Viacom, which is the parent company of Paramount Pictures. And the Mission Impossible movies. The episode was pulled as Trey and Matt Stone, the creators of South Park, said, like, they got a call by Comedy Central, said, Yeah, we're pulling the episode. There's nothing you can really do about it. So, which is always the dumbest thing to do, though, because then it makes the episode bigger than what it like would have originally been. What this was 07? 06. Yeah. 06. 06. 06. 
Yeah, we're still in the like Tom Cruise is kind of kooky right now. I mean, to be like, fair, he, still... he's still pretty fucking kooky. Yeah, but that was like at the peak of the discourse. Or not the peak. Maybe, maybe not the peak, but had he peak. broken up? I mean, is he with uh what's her oh, name? Holmes. Yeah. Where he like, you know, in 05, in, for in 05, he does jump on Oprah's couch. So yeah, we are oh, in oh, that yeah, time this is, frame. This is peak. This is that time frame. <laughs> Oh, so this is like when he got with Katie Holmes, right? Because that's yes, why he jumped yes. on the couch because he was all like, he's in, to be I'm in Holmes. love. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, they kidnap her and force her to have a child. And <laughs> allegedly, two? allegedly, two children. <laughs> allegedly. Do they have two uh, or one children? I believe they have one. And then, you know, she escaped and they got a divorce. Allegedly. Um, Tom Cruise. I mean, no, she's not. They got a divorce. That's not allegedly. Oh, yes, yes, yes. But the first half, allegedly. <laughs> um, Tom Cruise did vast majority. Oh God, we we don't want Scientology divorce. coming after us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, most of the most of the stunts were done without major injury. However, he did crack a rib once he when he turned uh, uh, his uh, uh, when he turned his upper torso too quickly. So he did crack a rib. A oh, I thought it ribs. would have been when he fucking landed on that glass. Jesus. Oh, that was good. <laughs> that was a good. Dude, the noise. whole fulcrum scene was so fucking good. The landing on the glass, sliding down it, perfectly shooting the two guards. Yep. And then just I lo- uh, that was awesome. Just then, like him falling into the other buildings, like all right, I'm good. And then like one, one breeze of wind. It's like, w- you know, I'm surprised he, you know, in new current day action movies like this, the guy leaving be like. We'll see you later, you know, or something like his heat, you know, <laughs> yeah. like thrown oh, yeah. out the back. But it's just like, okay. I also appreciated that we've already established after the first two movies that like he's gonna go inside and be a badass, and we didn't have to like go through that whole rigmarole. We just got him him busting out a window and jumping out of the building, knowing that he was in there being a badass. Yeah, yeah. I thought I thought the scene of him rescuing Carrie Russell's character was awesome just because like him being a badass he's like i found her i'm leaving and then she's like you know drugged up weekend and this shoots up adrenaline it's like all right ready we're going <laughs> that was fucking intense like we're going no matter what so and then the fucking classic scene of like i'm out you got what do you got left enough enough One that was awesome that was dude, awesome and he's like i'm out I'm, after one shot like i'm out I'm like oh that was awesome like serious for some reason this for me this like this watching it i was like all hands on deck like once the first scene happens of you know him waking up he's like we put a we implanted a bomb in your in your head you know you tell me where the rabbit's foot is or i'm gonna kill your wife and it's like hang on calm down Tell me right now, you know. I was like, oh, that was oh, so him awesome. going through the different like phases of grief. <laughs> during, yeah. Like that was Tom Cruise killed it when he was strapped to the chair. I mean, I, I don't he... deny that the action and the spycraft in this film was fucking yeah. top notch. Like, yeah. it is. I mean, it kind of sets the stage for what the rest of it's going to be. It's also the first like true team we get with yeah. Rames, Maggie Q, and whoever the fuck the other guy was. Uh, Jonathan Rise Myers, which by the way, like, does his accent change like every time you see him? Like, he was kind of felt like it, yeah. It (laughs) because what is he, Scott? He was like supposed to be Scottish or something, or he's Ireland, Irish, but Irish, yeah. So then, but like, he was Irish in one scene, then he like American accent the next scene, and then it's back to Irish, and then something I'm like, like, the whole scene of him and Tom Cruise fighting over the truck 
Dude, like, that fucking you... scene was both a little offensive to me as Italian, but it was also <laughs> pretty word. fucking correct. So like, yeah. I can't be too offended. Yeah, we get well, and, like, animated the, and we really talk with our hands. Yeah, like, what do you know? All, yeah, they were all dressed like people in Italian, like like cartoon, like cartoonish Italians. Yeah, like turtlenecks. That's a fucking truck is a broken. Yeah. What do you want me to do? Yeah. <laughs> I, so, so one of the things in this movie is what Rick said is again, you know, someone higher up in the agency, you know, turns their back on, you know, Ethan Hunt. Um, you know, the whole movie because of the secret message that uh, Carrie Russell's character sent to Tom, it's Lawrence Fishburne. You know, so. The whole time when that they showed the Lawrence Fisher room, like, okay, that's again top leader being the bad guy, but then we get the scene of you know Tom Cruise ex- trying to escape the you know agency, and then they lock him up, and then uh, Billy does like the sign, like you know the you know, reading. <laughs> uh, was it uh, Billy? Crude up, crude up, crude up. Oh, Musgrave, that's just what they say. How he does the, you know, the read my lips type situation. And I'm like, okay, he's good. And then double plot twist, you know, he's the really the bad guy. Oh, dude, as soon as he handed Ethan that knife, I'm like, oh, okay, he's the bad guy. Because he needs to get him free to be able to go get the rabbit's foot. <laughs> like, as soon as he gave him the knife, I'm like, oh, he's the bad guy. Fishburne's just a fucking bureaucrat We're, asshole. Watching this, watching this, I'm like, because Billy Crudup is always like the bad guy in almost every movie he's in, <laughs> in some fashion. Um, but I'm like, yeah, is he the bad guy in this one? And then it's like, boom, he is. I'm like, ah, got you. Got they got me though. I'm like, oh, plot twist. Okay, cool, cool, dude. Lawrence Fishburne being like a fucking pencil pusher, like bitch, kind of sucked. And he didn't like. I didn't feel like he fit that role. It felt such a weird role for him. It wasn't. It should have been a little more spicy. Just like a little more. It wasn't spicy enough for me. And, and I think it's just like if it would have been like just any other actor, it would have been like whatever, fine. That role's fine. But it being Lawrence Fishburne, I'm like he's too good for what you're giving him. <laughs> Like it just it felt lame, kind of like his character, and especially the ending. Then when he's like, "Don't, don't, don't you retire, don't, don't you do it, don't you do it," I fucking hated that scene. <laughs> so Rick, I think you and I are slightly more familiar with, with the movies after this one. Which I kind this of movie is do- because it has the no future spoilers. No, no, there's not. I'm. Okay, Joe, there's a bad guy and fucking Ethan Hunt's trying to stop him in every movie. Ethan Hunt climbs up a thing and falls off a thing. <laughs> He'll ride some motorcycles again. Yeah. No, but this is the start of the reboot. It's like a half reboot. It did feel a bit like it's like, hey, we're going to steal kind of the story from the first one and yeah. kind of like rejump the series. Because the, the, the movies get real different after this one. Or yeah, maybe goes... it was. Well, I don't know. They always like keep some level of like the spycraft. I mean, it's much more actiony and much less spy like the first one. But because it's just this movie. Usually in in these series, there's like a a movie where it does like a 
like 180 degrees different. Well, yeah, it's like the Fast Five. Yeah, like Fast Five. This one doesn't have that. It's very gradual, I'm finding. Like, that's one of my takeaways. It's like kind of the build up. It's just like. I also appreciated it again that, like, the gunplay in this movie, like, it fit. Like, it didn't feel like gratuitous gunfights. Mm -hmm. Like, what happened fit the situation. It wasn't, there was no sand kicks, unfortunately. (laughs) No fucking doves. Yeah. Like I'll give it to JJ. He's not fucking John Woo. I guess I'll give him that. No, I, I think, I'm still sticking with my JJ theory that his movies are just slightly above mid, and that's his problem. I mean, going <laughs> back, I'm like, I'll be honest. I'm confused as to why JJ Abrams ever kind of got the pub he got. <laughs> like, okay, the first season of Lost slaps, but that show drops off pretty heavily, pretty quickly. Well, and he like. He knows the right people and can say the right... He has got the right influences. Like, he's got the Spielberg influence. It's pretty clear. Like, he's got the... He's got the the reference. He's good, he's good at making the references. And, like, what is his, like, super banger? Super 8? I don't even feel like that movie was, like, that well-received. No. no, that's the one that he's famous for doing Spielberg. Like, he just did a Spielberg with that one. Like, I don't think he's ever made, like, a straight-up, like, banger. And so I'm confused as to why J.J. Abrams got so much work for so long by being so mid. Maybe that's what why he's just super unoffensive. It's, his... No, it is, because it's like, he's not going to make a bad movie. He's not going to make a good, it's, it's going to be slightly above average. <laughs> Until he made, well, I mean, I'm confused why Star Wars gave it to him after Star Trek. Because like, yeah. the first Star Trek remake was okay. <laughs> and then... It's like the movies are fine, but the directing choices within the movies are always fucking so terrible. And then he does Star Wars, and then it's just fucking hissing on our fucking love of something. Yeah, and I never, I, I never want to do Star Wars on this podcast. But if I have to rank the new movies, I think Force Awakens is probably the best one. Unfortunately, <laughs> I would still go Last Jedi. I like Last Jedi, and then Force Awakens, and then the movie that shall not be named. Ray Skywalker, uh, an origin story, volume one. <laughs> Dude, and the fucking CEO of Star Wars, just she refuses to give up on Ray Skywalker and just let them fucking decanonize those movies. She just refuses to let that happen. Uh, the original director for this movie was going to be uh, David Fincher, who did movies such as Seven. Zodiac, Gone Girl. He would have done better. Why can't we? I want a David Fincher Mission Impossible. Holy shit! But but he dropped out to produce the Lords of Dogtown. Yeah, but then he dropped out on that one. Is that the Justin Timberlake movie? That's the Uh, skateboarding one. Skateboarding one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, The basic storyline of his version of the movie would have been uh, working dealt with black market trade of body parts in Africa. Oh, that'd been fucking sick. So, um, Scarlett Johansson was uh, cast for the uh, girlfriend wife. However, she had to drop out. I never know how I feel about Scar Joe. Wait, I lied. She was going to be the Carrie Russell character. Then that would she, make more she sense. Pull out. She yeah, would. She, she could have done that role. That would have been good. Done that role. She's all right. 
one of, one of the <laughs> she's one like the JJ of, of actors. <laughs> but she like has bangers, right? Like she's had she's had roles where she's been considered super good. But then she also, you know, is in Ghost in a Shell. <laughs> yeah, but God, I watched that. I don't remember a minute of it. I mean, fucking Jesus Christ! I don't know what was worse, that casting or Jillian Hall is fucking the Prince of Persia. Yeah, that's so funny. <laughs> Is that franchise? Can we watch that? No, they oh, only. It's not. Funny enough, Keith, when they cast Jake Gyllenhaal as the Prince of Persia, they never were able to make more than one. Damn. Well, can we do that? And it's a U- the U- the Ubisoft diverse. We can do that in Assassin's Creed. Oh God, I don't want to watch that movie. <laughs> I mean, Ubisoft did enough to kill the Assassin's Creed series for me in general. I don't want to watch their shitty movie too. <laughs> It's with Fassbender, right? Yeah. They must have paid him a lot of zeros at the end of his paycheck. He's like, why would I possibly? And then they just back up a fucking truckload of money. Yeah, they, they, they do the movie, like the slide the piece of paper across the desk. <laughs> it's like, I would never make. Okay, when do we start? <laughs> yeah, MI3 is uh, all right. One of the scenes I thought it was cool was the scene of them kidnapping Hoffman. And having him on the plane, like, what's Don't your worry. name? What's your name? Go serious mode. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what's your name? Everything you're gonna do, you know. Once I know your name, I'll help. You know, I'm gonna go after your family, friends, and all that. And it's just like, don't say it, don't say it. And then once he does the, you know, gonna drop him with Vin Rains yelling Ethan. It's like Ethan. And then it's like, boom. All right, I already know who you are. I mean, he was always <laughs> gonna know who he was because he had the inside man. Which kind of makes that scene weird to me in general. Also, Vin Rames, have better fucking spycraft etiquette and don't call each other by your real name in front of the fucking bad guy. Well, and like clearly Tom Cruise has a plan, but <laughs> also, and no offense, how could anyone fucking hear every anything with a fucking bomb door open on a plane? That would be loud as fuck. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate Philip Seymour Hoffman hanging out the plane was fucking sick. It was good. It, good. it 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 looked good. And just snapping the zip tie. Let's be honest. That last zip tie that that's not holding Se- Philip Seymour Hoffman up. I love the <laughs> man, but that that last zip tie that's not holding. That thing's gonna give. Ah, nice. Uh, also, Seymour Hoffman just falls out the plane, ruins the end of the movie. If David Fincher, when David Fincher was attached as director of this movie, uh, Sylvester Stallone was being courted to be the main villain in this movie. That would have been cool. It would have been a lot worse than Philip Seymour Hoffman. Don't get me wrong. I love Sylvester Stallone, yeah. but he is not a Philip Seymour Hoffman. Well, it was, it was fun to watch Ethan Hunt get like kind of beat. He he kind of lost for a little bit of it. That, that was kind of fun. And, like you, you like you, you felt like, oh man, Ethan Hunt might like lose. It was nice for him not to have like the whole picture figured out. Yeah. Like from very early on and he's just trying to like figure out how to get all the pieces where he needs them to. Where is it? Um, where is it that they actually filmed the final scenes in a Chinese village and they had a, another crew there to, with a bullhorn to tell them like how the, you know, the people living there, like, all right, that's what we're doing. So when this goes off, when you see that weird man running down, get out of his way. That fucking scene of him just yelling, I'm assuming move in either I'm Mandarin move. or yeah. 
I fucking can't remember what the other dialect for China Cantonese. is. Cantonese. Cantonese, yes. Whatever. How he knows which dialect to be speaking because they can be so vastly different. Like, maybe he was yelling something in Mandarin and they're all fucking Cantonese speakers. They're just like, what the fuck is this fucking white saying? Ethan Hunt knows. Do you also notice how they made him look like, remember, Tom Cruise, not a tall man. Yeah. But they made him look very tall in that running sequence. He, like, was towering over all those people <laughs> in that village. I also love yeah. the classic scene of him walking into a fucking establishment in the Ch- in a Chinese area, and there just being four old men around a table in some way, shape, or form playing a game, possibly Mahjong, maybe <laughs> just gambling, and for some reason just giving up the ghost and be like, oh, yeah, fucking the other white person's in that corner. <laughs> That's a good action movie move. Um, what did you guys think of the the team in this one? Maggie Q, Jonathan, almost, and Vic Rames. To and me, Simon it almost Peg, felt, in a way. felt perfect because you had your two main people who could own it, and like Maggie Q and I fucking again don't remember the other just, guy. Let's let's just call him uh, John. Was just like there, competent, did cool things, but didn't feel like they needed to take up any more time than they did. Like mm-hmm. it almost felt like a very good, like amazing team that could do amazing things without making me feel overwhelmed with who was on screen at all times. I I enjoyed it. This is kind of like we talked about earlier. This is the introduction of the team. Like the first time you see Ethan like really collaborating. Because in the first one, he gets betrayed by his team. Yeah, like it was just or, Vin Rames who was always on his yeah. side. In the second one, it's his his team is doves for some reason. And they're, they make <laughs> a bad team. Yeah. Yeah, this one's the first, the first one. It's cool. It was fun. I liked it. Yeah. I also uh, think this is the only one that Maggie Q and that other guy are in, which <laughs> kind of is disappointing because they were like good. Like I, They I were. Least... They were. I at least could have used more Maggie Q. I thought she did like a great job within her role. Yeah. Uh, Maggie Q had to learn how to drive for the movie since she didn't know how to before. Um, nice. It was revealed that uh, uh, revealed in the DVD extras while driving uh, during the shoot, the heels of her shoe got stuck in the accelerator, leading her to slightly lightly crash into another car. Oh, so no uh, Uma Thurman and fucking oh, Kill yeah. Bill type situation. <laughs> yeah. Um, I liked like I because I know you guys talked about like I know he's in the franchise, but when like Simon Pegg, because I know a lot in the last week's show, you guys were like, he might be in the next one or it's the one after that he's like in it, and then he's in it. I'm like, oh, cool, and but he's really only in it for like, I don't know, five to ten minutes, and I was like, that's I I don't mind that for what. Well, I think this is also kind of Simon Pegg's like first big American movie. Like, remember Simon, like, we knew Simon Pegg at this point because of, like, Shaun of the Dead, Shaun of the Dead and stuff, but, like, mm-hmm. he's still very much, like, a British guy. Like, those were yeah. British movies. Like, I think this is what kind of, like, got him brought over here. It's this and Star Trek, but I think Star Trek, I mean, that's not for a while. Oh, nine. So I think this is kind of his intro, like, mm-hmm. in a major TV or a major movie in the States. So it's like, he's not Simon Pegg yet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it kind of worked perfectly for a soft intro for someone who becomes like 
a bigger and bigger person as the movies go. Because, yeah, Shaun the Dead came out in 04, then British movies, uh, British, British, Mission Impossible 3 is, like, his next American, like, for, yeah, it could be his first, you know, first American movie, but, yeah. Um, one of the jokes he made after the success of Shaun the Dead, Peg was asked whether he was going to be going to do pursuing a career in Hollywood, which he laughed and replied, it's not like I'm going to be in Mission Impossible 3. Ah, fucking ah. loser getting Mission Impossible 3, that bitch. That's so and funny. And do a great job, too. Simon Pegg's character I, in this I, fucking movie. I thought great. it was awesome. I he, lo- does I was like, he does the Simon Pegg bit. Yeah, I just, it works perfect. I just love the, you know, when Tom Cruise is calling him from China and it's like, hey, you got to tell me where I need to go. And it's like, I, oh God, I'm going to, I'm, I'm turning my back and I'm going to be, I'm going to be a wanted man. At least we can go to jail together. And, yeah. and then, then he like does, he's like, well, I helped you. I'm in trouble. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that was pretty funny. I like how you put him on hold for a moment too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I, I like the crew. The, Maggie Q was awesome. The John character, he did his part of being, you know, you know, the no, the fucking truck is a broken. What do you want me to do? He was he it, he's the person that in any other movie you would think that would be Ving Rames, you know, being the guy, being the muscle, being the take taking people out, going through the sewers and all that. But Ving Rames is the computer guy in this, you know, and that's what you know, in most other action movies, it'd be flipped. I will say, though, because talking about John does remind me of like the low point for this movie when we're not talking about the relationship part for me, which I fucking hated, was the helicopter chase scene. Because one, you just couldn't fucking see anything for so much of it because it just to me looked atrocious. But then the fucking I fly the helicopter between the rotating fucking blades thing is just that's too much for me. This isn't fucking Fast and the Furious where like something like that happens and I'm on board. (laughs) That was way too much in this film and just like fucking seems super stupid to me. Because you had cool Uh stuff like fucking Luther shooting a fucking flare to distract the missile. That to me was cool. Um, But then flying between the thing, I was just like, nope, too much. I'm out. So what they did for the helicopter scenes, long shots are done by CGI and to keep costs down, they modeled, made models. For the other close shots. And he just like to cover up, I guess, for that shit, then just throws on a bunch of fucking shaky cams. So like you can't really tell what's happening and it just hurts mm-hmm. your head. Those lens fl- flares were pretty strong in this movie. <laughs> wouldn't be a JJ Abrams film, would it? Yeah. Uh, this movie was shot over a period of three months. Damn, that's pretty quick for what this film is. I will give it yeah. to JJ though. The in the light action, like the fucking bridge scene, fucking dope. I loved the fucking getting film, getting Hoffman out of yeah, that was activity cool. and fucking seeing like a drone and all that shit was fucking dope. I loved those scenes. Yeah, and that part that... where Rames goes, Ethan, there's another gun in the truck as he's doing his fucking Ethan run. I know. I know, I know. Yeah, that was a cool shot of just like, and it's like also the idea of like he, him, you know, realizing like it's his own team that turned on him. That was like that was a cool scene. Like the funny thing about that is like the scene with him running, and like he has to jump over the hole, but he chucks his gun. I'm like, 
But isn't there like he could have just walked across or no, right. that's kind of fucking that, jump the giant hole in the bridge. That, that, that road was not fully gone. It was just like big oh, hole yeah. and like just go on the side. He's <laughs> well, like, no, nah, I the got other this. Side, well, the other side was the fiery SUV. Oh, okay. okay. That was a big jump. <laughs> but still, it's yeah. like, yeet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Dude, that also a... most incompetent sniper ever for the fucking team extracting Hoffman who just kept like staring at Ethan Hunt through a scope being like yep he's there I could definitely shoot him right now with this sniper rifle but I'm not going to yeah. Um, special effects technician uh, sued Paramount Pictures and Tom Cruise production company for gross negel- uh, negligence, uh, after. thank you Pro uh, as pyrotechnics in the stunt uh, in which he was involved went wrong and he was engulfed in a ball flame Holy fuck, uh, he's fucking Undertaker. He suffered third-degree burns over 60% Jesus. of his body. That's that pretty lived. intense. Uh, That's like the... they have to do a bunch of flesh grafts to, like, fix you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you ain't you walking away from that one. Uh, the lake that they referenced that we talked about, how that's where Tom Cruise and his wife met, um, was is in real lake that is in South Island of New Zealand, which Tom Cruise filmed The Last Samurai at, and he liked it, so that's why he he brought <laughs> made it the lake in the movie. That's weird, but okay, cool. <laughs> what a weird uh, guy Tom Cruise is. Uh, Ricky Gervais was cast as the yeah. ally, but due to various production casting changes, he was pulled. And Simon Pegg was the one replacing him. Thank God. Fuck Ricky Gervais. That transphobic piece of shit. What else do we have? Uh, for three city for three city wide premiere in New York City, Tom Cruise was even was driven from location to location on either on top of a fire engine. Helicopter, motorbike, car, or subway, uh, subway, uh, which he had the entire subway ter- train to himself, which was rented out for an estimate of $12,000. Oh, wait, I thought you meant he just was on top of all these things during this. Uh, I, I assume he was on top of the fire engine for sure. That's right. Because I like, I don't know how you get on top of a subway car and live. I don't think the fucking he did it in one. He did it in one. So, um, you know what Ricky said earlier about the gadgets, how we got more like we got the, you know, what the party gets called by Musgrave. And he's like, hey, I need to see you at the, you know, uh, convenience, you know, meet some at the convenience store. And he taps on the uh, Polaroid camera, Kodak camera. And like, that's his, you know, if you accept. It's so fucking stupid because it doesn't make sense. Like you would assume that like IMF agents would just have like a secure line where you could send them their mission things instead of like making a weird Kodak camera, you leave in a 7-Eleven that Ethan Hunt could have been like, nah, I don't want that mission, and just leaves it there. (laughs) I I think, like, that's the joke you can do about the, um, like, Winter Soldier, how, you know, he has the USB drive, and what does he do? He hides it in the vending machine for him to come back to, and it's just like, really, Captain America? You think the vending machine would save the USB? No one's going to get the Bubba Wubba gum? (laughs) Yeah, like you got sweet grappling hooks. He had a sweet camera to take a shot for the fucking 
uh, security camera to then put a picture, like just put it over the top of it. Mm-hmm. Would have been unfortunate if some wind kind of blew that up while it was sitting there, but you know, whatever. I loved um, him faking being a priest as he walked through. That was a good look. That was fucking good. Uh, yep, yeah, outdoor scene was filmed in an actual Chinese village. Uh, but no, I think the at it Philip Seaver Hoffman, like, I thought killed it for me in this movie. Like, just being the you know, we get it in this, we get like the first in the first five minutes of the freaking movie, it's just him, like, I'm gonna kill your wife one way or another. She's dead. And as you said, Keith, he goes through the you know, the stages of like, no, don't, don't, you know, I can help you. We can, yeah. you're not, you're, you're not a bad person, you know, it's just like, yeah. Oh. Yeah, and he, and he he accepts it. He's like, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> and then it just turns out it's the. And I like the fact that he's just so ruthless. It's like it's the his assistant from when he got the wine poured on him. It's like she didn't do his job. She didn't do her job right, so uh, she had to pay. He's fucking a terrible person. Yeah. Um. I say, uh, Agent Hunt can be seen using uh, that's almost fully functional PC. Interesting. Um, what else? Um, uh, one of the trademarks is that Greg uh, Grunberg is always in every J.J. Abrams movie. He's the one at the is. party. He's the one at the party <laughs> that, like, he asks. Tom Cruise, what's his job is, and he's like, you know, roads and tires and stuff, and he's like, okay. Um, he was in Heroes. He was in uh, Star Wars. I think all of them. Yeah. But and then for Joe and I, fucking Lassie was in this film. Yeah. Frick though, no. I'm like, what is Lassiter doing here from Psych? And I'm like, just says like, drop it. I'm like, what are you doing? What's going on here? He's doing what he's good at. He's playing a cop. Yeah. He yeah, got moved up. He moved up in the world. He's an FBI agent or CI or IMF, whatever the fuck he is. Yeah. Um, you know th- uh, this one. that's the you know the, it says series trademark is Ethan suspended by a cable in the Shanghai building to get the rabbit's foot. You know, like one and three, one and two. But it was. Oh, I gotta as... give a shout out. Sorry, to catch. I, oh, I, I just thought of something. <laughs> but the 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 shit says Simon Pegg his monologue about the the uh, shit the anti the anti god yeah that was good that was good because I because since going way back in uh, fake movie experts history when we did the thing I decided to get into go and try to find another um, fuck what's that director's name John Carpenter. John Carpenter movie. It was why I watched Prince of Darkness. And the like the movie's great, by the way. Highly recommend it. But the like the evil force in that movie is called the Anti-God. And I kept on thinking about how cool it'd be if this was a reference to this kind of relatively obscure John Carpenter movie. <laughs> so yeah, I the, the the anti-god part was rad. And then I turned out that that's just like a it's like a, a phrase. The like the anti-god is this. It's like a concept that exists outside of those two movies. Of course it is, but... I mean, it's pretty common words. Yeah. Uh, after initially, initially 
upsetting the Chinese government over seemingly uncomplimentary uh, depiction of life in Shanghai. The censors followed allowed uh, the film to be shown in uh, China. China being overly sensitive and not showing a movie right away? What a surprise. Yeah. But unlike the Transformer movies, which are go China. We love China. <laughs> yeah. Um uh, anything anything any scenes you didn't like from this besides the you know relationship status and no, not anything outside of what we've mentioned already. Yeah, besides the end. No, I'll get not into it. Fucking... I'll I'll get into it in the wrap up. But like, okay, the J.J. Abrams movies—they never like, or this movie, I guess specifically, it never like gets. It doesn't achieve like its highs aren't very high for me. It's yeah. never that low, and it's never that high. Well, I felt like every time like we were finally ramping up, we'd slow down for some reason. Yeah. Um the the scene near the end when uh Musgrave joins Ethan after the apparent murder of his wife uh that was rewritten in the morning so uh Crudup was reading his lines from cue cards throughout the whole scene Jesus um Oh, uh, let's read this right this first time. Uh, when Ethan wakes up tied up to the chair and uh, they shoot up the charge up his nose, uh, the hand seen holding the gun to Tom Cruise's nose is not, it's Tom Cruise's own gun, uh, own hand. So if you rewatch it, it's his ha own hand shooting himself. Uh, same goes later on when Musgrove puts the phone to Ethan's ear. Then Ethan bites Musgrove's hand. The hand that Cruz bites was his own hand. Um, who are you? Are you the... Oh. Uh, Carrie Russell's death was originally going to be different and more gory than intended, according to the production visual effects supervisor during the interview. Uh, due to the rating issues, the scene was heavily re-edited. So that's why we don't uh that's why uh, it is the goriest of non-gories. I think I kind of preferred it the way it was. I yeah. think that like that just worked and looked super good. Yeah, I agree. Um, oh, this uh Keith knows this. What's the other movie Ving Rames in that a uh, woman gets an adrenaline shot put in her? Oh yeah. That's a that's good. Yeah, that's a straight up Pulp Fiction reference. Like, yeah, they gotta like tip their cap to old Tarantino for that moment. You know how they did that scene? Like how they filmed it? No, why would in I know reverse. <laughs> Damn it! I was gonna say that. <laughs> well, you could have, but you didn't. <laughs> yeah, there's no proof. You know, no proof. No proof in the pudding. Um. Okay, well, uh, do do do. You guys want to take a guess what the budget was for this movie? Oh, I'm I have sure no one thirty-two. I was no. gonna say one twenty. Yeah, I guess I'll stick my one thirty-two. Okay, well, the Probably last higher. one, last one was one twenty-five. Oh shit! <laughs> the budget for this movie was a hundred and fifty. 
Tom Cruise had to take a pay cut for this as well. Poor guy. Uh, gross for this movie <laughs> domestically, it only got 134 million. Internationally, only 264 million. So worldwide, 398 million. I think that's so much that had to be coming off of too, and like just how <laughs> poor it was that there was no how like, long. Have... What was huh? the gap? What was the gap? Oh uh, six, uh, two thousand. So only six years. That's a long and again, time. and this is and this is Tom Cruise jumping on the couch, uh, time frame. So there's a lot of probably fear and yeah. Mission Impossible doesn't have a lot of hype. Tom Cruise is seen as a bit of a weirdo right now. Hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, can see double... why this film. How, how how the funny thing is, Mission Impossible Three was Tom Cruise's eighth movie in a row to gross over a hundred million domestically. <laughs> Yeah. So. <laughs> I don't miss. Um, what's your review there, one Keith? All right. I, 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 this is not a fun review to read. Like, I'm, we've been doing this podcast for a long time now, and I've read a lot of Roger Ebert reviews. And I think he's, he's the most famous, like, critic, movie critic for a reason. Is that he's like, he's often very well spoken and very thoughtful. And, but sometimes I've, Every once in a while, we find a movie where I can just see he didn't give a shit and didn't care, and I think this might be one of them. <laughs> he gave it, he gave it two and a half, so he's he sort of he he sort of liked it. And he's out of four, right? Yeah. Okay. I've always been a fan of the four star review. I I like that number. But um, yeah, there is a theory that action is exciting and dialogue is boring. My theory is that exciting. Exciting and sameness. My that variety is exciting and sameness is boring. Modern high tech action sequences are just the same, same damn thing over and over again. High speed chases, desperate gun battles, all possible modes of transportation, falls from high places, deadly, deadly deadlines, exotic locations, and characters who hardly ever say anything interesting. So it's just some. I was looking for some fun words that he was saying, and I liked that. I like his thoughts there, but yeah, he he thought it was all right. <laughs> hmm. uh, let's go to the box office for May twenty sixth to the twenty eighth of two. Oh wait, no, I lied. I'm I'm still on Mission Impossible. <laughs> uh, box office for May fifth through the seventh of two thousand six. It was a May fifth release. Or yes, a May. Interesting. That's yeah. the. So this is around the time where that gets transitioned into like the summer blockbuster release because that's mm-hmm. eventually becomes the Marvel release um, mm-hmm. area. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming in at number ten in its second week with three point three million, Aquila and the Bees. It's the spelling bee movie. Oh yeah, okay. Uh, Didn't number that movie nine... win awards? I don't think so. Um, number nine. And it's first week with 3.4 million. A movie called Hoot. It's a Luke Wilson movie. It's a kid's movie with with about an owl. Owen Wilson had a weird career for a few years there. Uh, Number eight in its fourth week with 3.6 million. Scary movie four. Wow. Four. (laughs) Number seven in its third week with 4 million. Silent Hill. I like that movie. Number six in its sixth week with 4.1 million, Ice Age, The Meltdown. Uh, Mission Impossible and Ice Age are the only two movies to go over 100 million in the year 2006. They've made 
too many Ice Age movies. Yeah, this is not shape. I don't recall it being a fantastic movie year. <laughs> uh, number five in its second week with 5.3 million United 93. Yeah, it's yeah. about the plane that goes down in Pennsylvania. Yep. Uh, number four in the second week with 5.4 million Stick It. Oh, I fucking love that movie. That's a gymnastic movie. Yes. Uh, number three in its first week was 6.3 million and an American haunting. So another, so, so far the, we've had, is that the, oh, is that the Owen Wilson one? No, no, that's, that's, uh, House, on, that's how, House on Haunted Hill. House on Haunted Hill. Yeah. And that came out like 2000. Is, which yep. one is that? The one you just said? House on that's the Haunted Hill? Digs in this one? No, no. This is so. This one is a Donald Sutherland sissy space act movie. Uh, okay, oh, okay. Uh, not the, the one movie. I'm of, then. The movie you might be thinking of is a House on Haunted Hill, and that's the one with Liam Neeson, Catherine Zeta-Jones, and Owen Wilson. The one I'm the thinking of is the one in New Orleans, and I can't remember what it's called. Oh, but you can move on. Hmm. <laughs> I'm thinking. Wait, are you doing okay? I've been confused the last two times. Are you doing the ten of the year or the? This 10 is of that the weekend? ten of the. This is. The, I only do the ten of the year if it's the number one of the year. This is the ten of the weekend. Okay. Okay. Because okay. because I don't think for the year three point four million is the number nine movie for the whole year. So. I was thinking weekend. of Skeleton Key, by the way. There it is. <laughs> um, number number two in its second week with eleven million RV. Ron Williams movie. Mm-hmm. That means number one in its first week with 47 million Mission Impossible 3. That was not a great list of movies, by the way. Nope. Nope. Like I said, I like Silent Hill and Stick It, but those are still like two and a half to three star movies. Yeah, Silent Hill is objectively bad. We just like it. <laughs> yeah. uh, Stick It's like a uh, poor man's bring it on. Yeah. Oh, nice. Let's go to the ratings. IMDb gave this a 6.9 out of 10. Ron Tomato, all critics. About that score. That's right. All critics gave this a 71. Top critics a 68. And audience gave it a 69. That's just, that's a nice score. Nice. Um, before between, we. Uh, between 68 and 70. Somewhere, somewhere in there. That's funny. <laughs> uh, hey, what's the. Can I can I do the Drake reference? Like, what's the square root of sixty nine? I don't know, eight something. That's a joke. That's a re- that's a reference. It's it's not a joke. It's a reference. You get you guys remember Drake? Yeah, but you're referencing <laughs> Drake, who's like well known for being unfunny. So you're you an unfunny jokester are referencing someone else known for not being funny. No, Drake is very earnest. There's nothing funny about Drake. <laughs> yeah, I hate to see it. You hate to see it. But before we glaze them, we're going to be ranking. We're ranking the Tommy, the best gadget, uh, best impossible moment, action piece, and uh, movie. Let's start off with uh, the Tommy for MI1. We have Ricky, uh, Tom staring at things. Keith and I have <laughs> floppy disk street magic. And all of us did the free rock climb as that. Yep. So what is the Tommy? For I got mine. I got mine. Okay. Go Easy I can't think of a good Tommy. It's 
Oh, it's when Tom Cruise is wearing his like little Mario suit. He's going, oh, Tommy <laughs> being Italian. That is pretty yeah. good. I'm and then actually he, like, jumps on some. <laughs> now that you say that, Keith, I'm going to go for a scene that is just slightly after that one. When Tom Cruise rolls on top of a giant wall. And goes, Humpty Dumpty. Dumpty. <laughs> okay. I'll be, I'm, I'm like, happy no matter that how this scene alone. Out. Like that scene, uh, that scene alone, it's like, is he like looking at the camera? But then you realize it's him saying like the line, to, like move, you know, move well, along. He's saying code to his team. The camera is shorted out at that point, so they can't see anything out of it. Yeah, but it's just him looking at the camera, fourth wall, and breaking, and just be like Humpty Dumpty. I'm like, what's going on here? Then like the next scene, it's him, you know, the, the John guy moving on. I'm like, okay, um. <laughs> I want to, I I'm not gonna do Humpty. I'm gonna do uh hmm. <laughs> it's big. The Tommy's probably the most prestigious, I think. It is. <laughs> I, I I'm gonna go uh Tom's amazing lip reading. See, I thought someone was gonna go for that one, so that's why I yeah. tried to not use that one. Yeah. Uh, just creep someone out. Imagine a real life party and you do that to someone across the room and you walk up and but if dude, but especially they're talking, the if face... they're talking smack. The face he was making while he did it too was so like he was shaking I, up a drink, so he's having a good time. And then he looks psychotic. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, best we're gonna do a best gadget uh, for Mi One. Uh, I picked hit masks. Ricky picked mm-hmm. the gum. Keith, you picked internet for Mi Two. Ricky picked. It's a, uh, it's a good joke. That one makes me <laughs> pop every time. Uh, Ricky, you pick voice improvement. Uh, so the uh, the voice yeah, the uh, sticker that goes on. Yeah. I went I with masks. That we got more in depth about the gadgets yeah. from previous films in this film. I actually really appreciated that aspect of this film. Uh, I picked masks again, and Keith, you picked Sandy gun rights. So, uh, what? <laughs> I forgot about that. That 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 was an argument on this on this show last. Yeah, time. I made sure to put it in this time because Keith would have a fit. So, uh, what's your MI three gadgets? Mine's actually going to be for wasn't Ethan's team's gadget. It's going to be the team that extracted Philip Seymour Hoffman, where they had like that fucking foam, the foam? shit they just sprayed on the side of the thing, and then they could just break it open. That was fucking cool. That was cool. It like froze it or like did something and they could just sledge it open and that was just dope. Oh, the gadgets are hard in this one. Those good ones. I like the idea of a pill that explodes in your brain. It's not really a Tom Cruise that gadget. That is a gadget. That is a gadget. That's still a gadget. That's a gadget. That, that is yeah, fucking yeah. like grotesque too because it's not yeah, like they just like, took, like God damn, her face will give me nightmares. Yeah. Is that what you're picking, Keith? Or Yeah. The pill. Uh, head pill. Got it. Uh, for myself, I will do... Hmm. Do it, Joe. Pick the masks again, just because you got to watch hmm. them get made this time. It was really yeah. cool. <laughs> it was really cool. I'm tempted between the mask or the Kodak camera, just because I thought that was funny. Um, well, it was really stupid. It also was pretty fucking cool. Like, yeah. the Kodak camera like was pretty cool. Just like it's just like the emperor, you know, like him leaving the seven, the seven eleven, like like, well, have fun tonight, and like clicks on it just to show, like, oh, you bastard, like, all right, we're doing also this. the super on coy way of doing it too, of just being like, yeah. make sure you take some, 
yeah pictures and then like the camera blows up in his hand kind of like smokes in his hand i'm like all right the kodak camera is it um we'll do impossible best impossible moment um ricky did exploding from the helicopter myself and keith picked uh tom hanging around from the first one uh am i two i picked the knife to the eye keith did the motorcycles dance and uh ricky you did tom shoots at gas cap still made no sense that keith didn't pick the kicking the gun up in the hill for the best impossible moment no that's gadget he... <laughs> yeah it's a sand gun dude has fucking springs that somehow work in the sand i can't yeah. fucking hit a golf ball out of the sand but that gun can jump out of the goddamn <laughs> sand right yeah. get me out of here so what are we doing for uh impossible moment the God, parachuting like we, just, we kind of just like wetted yeah. our lips in this one for what's about to come for like impossible moments yeah yeah um i mean i'm gonna go with the not the parachuting out but the fucking like swinging up onto the building like the fulcrum yep. to be able to swing onto the building and then somehow shooting those guys as he slid down the fucking glass yeah the glass building that nighttime sequence is the clear winner for me all right, make it a all around. It was just an altogether like dope action sequence. They right. even put yeah. a little like fucking homage to the dropping on the wire sequence, like yeah. when he was falling at some point and got caught by the wire, and he was just like. Ugh. So I really cool. loved the whole ducking under cars thing, though, in this movie for some reason. <laughs> And they were all just tall enough for Tom Cruise to get under. I, I, you know, it's the fun thing of them blowing up the Lambo. Lambo. <laughs> He's like, "Do we really have to?" He's like, "Blow it up, bitch! We made it for this. We literally cut a giant hole in the middle of this Lamborghini." Oh, so nice though. Uh, overall movie. Uh, we have Mission Impossible One, Limp Biscuits music video, and then Mission Impossible Two. <laughs> I forgot. So where do we had to be in there? <laughs> where do you put Mission Impossible Three? Fuck. Do I keep Limp Biscuits music video on top of Mission Impossible 3? I think I do. MI1 Limp Biscuit music video, MI3, MI2. <laughs> no, that's not fair. I would put MI3 at number two. Yeah, this is clearly better than two. I mean, fucking everything is going to be better than John Woo's Mission Impossible. Let's go like one. <laughs> After MI2 being just a bad movie and then like the iffy financials for MI3, I'm amazed that we're on seven and already have filmed eight for Mission Impossible. Yeah. I mean, we talked about this at length last time about the last of the other Tom Cruise franchise that got fucking killed after the first film with the fucking monster universe. Yep. Sometimes and you just gotta, you gotta let it ride. You gotta you gotta take a couple bumpy movies to fucking get to the fucking real money. And I'm sure yeah. Dead Reckoning is gonna make some real fucking money. Yeah. It's gonna be it's riding gonna that fucking Tom we'll Cruise see. fucking Maverick high. Right. So uh movie. So like yeah, Limp Biscuit, you know, in our hearts it would probably be number two, but you know I mean in yeah, our hearts it, it's it, number it, one. It's like number one. No, yeah. in our in, not in our hearts, in our cargo pockets. And our cargo pants. So, With yeah. our fucking red hat on backwards. That's right. <laughs> I got mine right there, yeah. so I'll wear the next one. Yeah. Um, so movies, it's Mission Possible, Mission Possible 3, Limp Biscuits music video, and Mission Impossible 2. 
Speaking of Limp Bizkit real quick, though, do you ever just think about the fact that we used to call to tank tops wife beaters and how fucking weird that is? Domestic violence shirts. Like, that was just, like, what everyone called them. And it just yeah. that seems weird to think about. I mean, it's kind of like what we used to call, like, sitting crisscross applesauce back in elementary school and <laughs> thinking about what we called that, and that's weird. But, yeah, <laughs> so. Just common fucking terrible slurs being used as a way for children to sit. It's fine. Yeah! <laughs> Yeah. Let's go some stars. Oh, no, I don't really want to do this, but I'm going to do it because this man's a crazy man, but it's the best. It's glazable, and you know that. I don't want to hear that bullshit. I want to hear that official shit. Kanye and Twisted shit. That's so impossible to get it. Get it? That's so glazable to get it. Get it? That's so glazable to get it. I don't, I don't get it. Get it. Okay. What are you giving? What are you giving them? Mi three. I have settled on three and a quarter. Keith. Yeah, the. Let me go three. I was my text. My only text was I finally got my passable action movie. That's what he sent me. <laughs> it's a very ah, passable action this, movie. The movie was passable, so three stars. Uh, I'll give three and a half. I enjoyed it a lot. So good. I typed the number in the wrong place. Hold on. That brings Mission Impossible three in at three and a quarter. So yeah, so far the franchise besides MI two doing okay. It's holding at a three point one nine, and I feel like it's going to start going back up again because I feel like the next movie is like we just start like making bangers. So for Tom the pre Cruise just does really stupid shit. For the pre-glaze, all of us did three on the last one. No, that's funny. <laughs> so what are we pre-glazing our next movie, Mission Possible 4, Ghost Protocol? Well, I know what the... I, I remember pretty clearly the big action set piece in the next one, and I'm very excited for it, so I'm going to go three and a half. <laughs> I just remember it being better than the one we just watched, so I'm also going to go three and a half. I was also going three and a half just because, again, I just hear Joe has no information, but he's going to be like, it's getting better. It's getting better. Like, I mean, like, it's those things of like, I'm enjoying the franchise for so far for the, for, you know, <laughs> two movies and the music video and then two. Um, but I know like this is the point where the Mission Impossible, you know, Keith was right about the move this this is being like that Fast and Furious reboot for the franchise here. Like, this is what we're going to go with. And I'm like, I'm all for it. So it's a soft, it's a very soft core Skinamax yes. reboot. Yep. Yeah. They, they almost could have just called it Mission Impossible, like for this next one. <laughs> we weren't, we weren't to that naming time. Uh, yeah, no, no. It would just period. be, it would just be MI. Ooh, that's, yeah. that's God, what they yeah. would do. I would never, I don't think I, I don't think I could, I guess back in those, those days, you'd have the box office. To go, I don't. I don't think I can walk up to a box office and ask, "Hey, two for MI, please." No, remember, it'd be M semicolon I. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's M, what it'd be. That M means... awkward space I. Yep. <laughs> so coming here next week on Fake Movie Experts, we're going to be doing Mission Impossible: Ghost Protocol. I can't wait. Uh, you can go to. Uh, I'm not forgetting anything, right? No, we're good. All right, cool. Pre you can go to no. Can we pre-glaze. 
No, we did. Then we can go to nosellentertainment.com. That's right, nosellentertainment.com. We can find all the things we do for you. You can find us all on the social medias besides Keith. Uh, you can find us at nosellentertainment and nosellent on Facebook, Twitter, and the Instagram. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thank you.